welcome back to the Millennial Ag Podcast, where agriculture is always on tap and no topic is off limits. Thanks for joining us today, your co-hosts, Valine Cahorn and Catherine Lotspeech. Listeners, welcome back to this week's episode. Um, I, Catherine, I jinxed us. We have snow here now too. Um, yesterday it was like 40 <laughs> degrees and sunny and then I woke up to white stuff too. So I think we can both commiserate with, uh, with the snow on the ground. Yeah. Um, between the last storm we had and then the storm we got yesterday, we're sitting at about a foot of snow with some pretty impressive drifts that are taller than my toddler. Um, and it is supposed to be 20 degrees or less for at least the next week. So I'm sorry you got it, but misery loves company. (laughs) (laughs) Most definitely. Well, Catherine, um, I'm really excited for the conversation today. We have uh, Steve Kiggins with our local Times News here in Twin Falls, Idaho. He just moved here um, and is the new editor. So Steve, thanks for joining us. And do you want to give our listeners just a little brief background of who you are, where you've been um, so far? Absolutely. And thank you. I appreciate the chance to visit with you and, and learn from you along the way. And um, I've been here for two months as editor at the Times News Uh <laughs> Previously, I was at USA Today for four and a half years as a national editor on our news desk and and worked with uh, a lot of talented reporters and editors to cover, uh, you know, national breaking news and and issues related stories around the country. And, you know, I'd I'd been in local journalism before that and and really got to a point where I wanted to get back into community, you know, and, and we were talking before we before we started recording just about, uh, you know, the, 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 you, you, when you work in national news, you don't necessarily have that community to walk into, you know, when you're done working, you know, you can't go down to the gym and root for the local home team and that type of thing. And, uh, being back in a community setting and, and, uh, you know, having the opportunity to get out and meet people and, and, uh, you know, help improve our coverage of, of local news and sports is really exciting to me. And, and agriculture is going to play a big part in that too. Very cool. So what what was it like working at USA Today? I think that's my biggest dying question right now, you know, and comparing it to to why you wanted to get back to the local. You talked about the community, but the different styles of news on the national versus the local level, I think, um, and, and the noise we're hearing right now coming from big mm-hmm. news or national news right now. Right, right. And, and I think that's a big part of it, you know, of making sure that you have strong local voices in your own communities. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, we have seen that in our industry, you know, uh, and, and I think we see it across a lot of industries where the conversations that are happening at the national level, and a lot of times there is noise, uh, you know, the more political it becomes, you know, the, the more noise there is. Uh, and, and a lot of times, you know, at least some of those times, what you're hearing at the national level doesn't necessarily pertain or isn't relevant in your own local conversations. You know, we all live in some place different and we face, you know, some different challenges and some different issues. And, um, you know, the, the, the importance of having local voices to local issues is really critical. And that, that just became something to me, you know, as I, the longer I was at USA Today, and again, it was, it was a really good experience. And I worked with a lot of really good people. It was a, a high intensity, you know, you're, you're talking about national news. And, and so you're anything that happens. And generally those are bad things, uh, you know, shootings, mass, you know, natural disasters, you know, the, those, those types of stories, those are the stories that 
that you're going to have to rally to and, and compete with the Washington Post and the New York Times and CNN and Fox and everybody else, um, you know, to to cover those breaking stories as they happen. And so the story could happen anywhere. And you've got to figure out, you know, how you're going to scramble your resources and make sure that you're able to, you know, cover it in a relevant way, how you're going to, how you're going to continue to build that coverage through the day, through the night, into the next day, into the next week, depending on what the story might look like. And so it was a very, obviously a broad focus. Uh, It was, it was reacting to the news and then, you know, writing smart uh, issues and, and enterprise off of that news which is far different than what you do uh, in a local setting. I mean, your, your, your local setting and the reason why I missed it was you're talking directly to your own, your own community, you know, people that you're going to run into and you're going to talk to the, the, the coverage that you do every day uh, should be, should have meaning and value to the people who are uh, picking up your newspaper or going to your website or, or clicking into your app. Um, What you, what you do, matters to your local audience. Um, I mean, just this morning, I got an email from uh, the family of a woman who's missing here in Twin Falls who said, I can't thank you enough that you wrote a story that said my sister was missing because nobody's done that. It It's things like that. Those those are the things that get lost when you talk about all of the big you know national noise and the national issues that are going on. In the end, we've got to know what's going on in our own communities, and we have to help people understand the place that they live, know what the issues are, what conversations are happening that they need to know about and potentially get involved in, Um, you know, cover the local high school teams, you know, those things that that really make where you live uniquely yours. And, you know, if as if we lose those things in our communities, uh, you know, we, we lose a big piece of community. And so that was what really was, was, uh, important to me to, to come back and, and find that I'd really enjoyed local news before I went to USA today and, and to land in a place like this, uh, which is a really neat place to be and to have an opportunity to make a difference and help us, uh, you know, recreate, you know, our own brand is really, really exciting for me. That's Everything you're saying is, um, to be quite honest, it warms my heart because it, you know, Valley and I come from agriculture. We're very much involved in agriculture and uh, we feel the same way about about our biggest issues getting lost amongst the noise. Um, And it, you know, the best relationships, the most change comes from the local level, you know, people collaborating together to try and make, um, you know, a ripple effect. Um, that hopefully will move all the way up to the top. But sometimes, I mean, oftentimes the noise gets lost. And so, mm-hmm. you know, understanding your your perspective and, and your determination to make sure that that doesn't happen. And then also your dedication to um, community is just, that's a really positive thing in this day and age, because I think that something that has, has been lost in our Uber connected world and our Uber online world um, is personal personal but physical connections you know being able to walk out your front door and um you know talk to your neighbor or you get to talk to someone face to face when you're when you're trying to figure out what your next might news your next news piece might be i think that that's a really cool um aspect of what you're doing 
No, thank you. And it it's about relationships, like you said, and you you have to get out and know know the people who live around you and understand you know why they're here, what's important to them, and how you can serve them. In the end, what we do in journalism should be about service, I and mean, it should be about <laughs> and educating and that. raising awareness. And that's and that's what you should do. And in in an area like this in southern Idaho, where you know agriculture and food processing and all of you know that's the way of life, and it has been here for a really long time, and and will continue to be. And until we as a news organization can help reflect that in our coverage, you know, we're we're missing a big piece of the puzzle. And you know the um, our ability to get at, you know, covering agriculture and, and food, especially on a, uh, as close to a beat as we can is one of my top priorities here because it is the way of life and, and it's what makes the Valley go round basically. And so we have to, we have to figure out, uh, you know, how are we going to realign ourselves and evolve in a way that can help us tell those kinds of stories. Cause there's a big difference between a story that says wheat prices are this and, you know, the prices and the, and the business side of, of ag and food. And that is important. And you need to be aware of that too, but there's a big difference between that and actually being on the ground with the people who are doing the work and, and telling the stories of how that work actually gets done and how it impacts you where is your food coming from? How does it get to you? And how vital is it to the way of life in, in this part of the country? I, I appreciate that because I think, you know, we've, Catherine and I talk a lot about the branding of tell your story and how we get a little frustrated because we feel like we're, you know, beating our head against the wall, but having a third party unbiased opinion come in and, um, and be able to interview and share those stories because our our local communities, if they care about the business side of things, they've already done their research. They're watching the CME market. They are diving into it. And so putting a glimpse to let other people know. But for me, the newspaper isn't the place I go f- to know what their cattle prices are up or down for the day, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And maybe it can be in the future, but it's it's plugging into those local, those local people are knowing, oh, hey, something's going over on in the next valley over or somebody's struggling with this too and just bringing some more connection back to to the area um i think is a really cool point you bring up there it's it's important to do work that otherwise isn't being done and anybody can report the price of a grain or you know that's that's easy. We can anybody can do that. And there's a lot of places you can go, like you said, where you can find those prices. There's not a lot of people, very few people, in fact, who are in a position to do the kind of reporting that we can do when we live right here. And these things are right in our backyard. Yeah, I, I was out in Jerome, Idaho for tours a couple of days ago. A remarkable amount of industry for a town of 12,500 people. I mean, unbelievable amount of industry and jobs. There's there are so many stories <laughs> that that we could do out there that will not get done if we don't do them, and will help pe- help people understand the the scope of 
um, industry in this part of the country. I mean, it's, it's, you know, uh, 400,000 dairy cows, you know, milked three times a day, uh, 30 million pounds of milk that needs processing every day. And 20 million pounds of that is done in Jerome. I was told by economic development folks out there, that is, I mean, that's staggering. <laughs> How many people really know that? And I think that, you know, the, you know, what you touched on, I don't think a lot of people are good at telling their own story. You know, it's hard to brag about yourself. You know, I mean, it, 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 I think for, for a lot of people it is. And, 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 yeah, I mean, I, I've had conversations with other organizations and agencies, you know, in the, in the couple of months I've been here and I, and they've said that to me too, like, well, we do this, but, you know, I don't think we're very good at telling our story and telling people what we do. Um, that is, that is part of what local news should be doing is helping to helping people understand where they live and how things get done and, and making sure that you are, uh, you know, given that, you know, pat on the back for, um, you know, organizations or groups who are, who are doing something. Um, but I don't think it's, uh, I think it's uncomfortable for a lot of people. I think it's, you know, I, I don't, I just don't think it comes naturally for a lot of people to say, let me tell you how good we are at, at what we do. So, you, you know, it, it takes that third party, like you said, to come in and say, well, Hey, you know, let, let's break this down. I mean, look at, look at the impact that you're making here. Let, let's help people really understand this. Uh, because if we don't tell that story, who's going to do that? And we're, as an ag industry, we're really good about telling our own story to the people that already know it. You know, <laughs> like Catherine and I know each other's story really well, but the the subdivision that's sitting behind me in Twin has no idea what I do in this office every day. Like, and and we're really good at telling each other we're doing a great job, but getting the word out to a community and to people that don't understand is where I feel like agriculture lacks in, in our own branding and our marketing and, and, and getting out in the community sometimes. Right. And, and I think the same can be true said for a lot of other industries as well. You know, I mean, our, you know, the news industry doesn't do that all that well either, which is why, you know, when I got here, I started writing a column every Sunday um, because I want to be talking to, our readers and talking to people and letting them, you know, helping them get to know me, uh, but also talking about the things that we're doing, what changes we're making, why are we doing something, you know, talking about the industry as a whole. Uh, you know, the, the column I wrote last Sunday was on, you know, uh, uh, Medford, Oregon, you know, much, you know, a larger city than, than Twin Falls lost its newspaper. You know, they, they stopped printing in September and and went online only. And then all of a sudden last week, they just, you know, pulled the plug on everything and it's gone. And they, and they have, and it says, this is the population, you know, hub for Southern Oregon and they're, and they have no local news, um, you know, which is, which, which is just terribly sad. And I wrote about that because, you know, it, it is you know, about the industry as a whole and wanting people to understand, you know, some of the challenges that exist and, um, you know, to really value that, that you have local news, you know, wherever it is that you might live. Uh, but it is important to, to try to reach that, that audience that may not know. Um, and local news can and, and should, in my opinion, be part of that conversation. I 
think a hundred percent. And it's interesting what you say about that community losing their local news um, access because that cuts off what you know about your community intrinsically you in your own community and someone who knows your community telling you what's going on but then you know if there's something that happens around you that happens to be a national news story or a you know a a more regional news story um some of those local aspects i think can really get lost and especially when you get onto the big guys like you said cnn or fox the washington post or new york times they all have their own slants you know their own biases and Mm -hmm. You know, some of the more salient points are some of the things that might be geared more towards what's what's factual, I think gets lost in that noise. Right. And they're writing for a completely different audience. They're writing for everybody that's not living in the place that they're writing about, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. You know, they're writing for a, a national audience, for a different audience. And sadly, and I mentioned this in my column, too, you're probably only going to see reporters from those news organizations if something really bad happens where you live. Um, and that's how the national audience, you know, national readers, they, you, you mention a city and that's how they're going to identify you. That's where this oh. happened. And they don't understand what it's really like to live there and the local way of life, because all they really know <laughs> is something bad happened because it's part of the national conversation. Yeah. Well, it's just like, was it the University of Idaho Val where those those murders happened last fall? Um, I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's what I know about that area. You know, that's the only thing I know about that area. Um, so yeah, I mean, it it it's pretty insidious. It trickles down everywhere. It does, and you know, and Moscow is is a wonderful little town. Um, I've had the opportunity to be there a few times. What happened was just horrific. Um, and unfortunately those things can happen anywhere. Um, but it is, and you, you, to your point, you know, people, when somebody says university of Idaho, now that is what people think about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, there's a lot more to the story of that university than, you know, one isolated incident, you know, carried out by a non-student. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, So on these same lines, you know, we're talking about the local news being lost in this town is, is newspaper is news on the local level. Is it, do you see it dying? Do you see it, you know, like going away or how, what's your view on, on the business of, of local news? Right. I mean, our job is to fight for local news and you, and you have to, I mean, it is, it is a fight. You have to help people see the value in the work that you're able to do. Uh, And it's not unlike any other product. If you see value in it, you're going to buy it. And if you don't, you won't. Uh, And so um, I I can't control the cost of newsprint. I can't control the cost of a single copy, you know, uh, sale. What, What I can control, what we can control here is the value of the content that we're producing and we need to be better. And, and so that's, that is our aim. I don't, I don't think local news will go away. Uh, I think that the industry for a lot of years has has been trying to move people from that printed edition to the digital space because you you have an opportunity digitally 
it's more affordable for the publisher and it's more affordable for the consumer. And so you're, you're trying to find that place where people can still get their local news uh, and, and maybe not pay the same price as if they want that print edition. But, you know, people want a print edition. You want you want your newspaper. You don't want another website to go look at. You you Ain't want your newspaper. Truth. You want to <laughs> yes. I mean you you want to hold it. You want to sit down in the morning. You want to read. You know as you have your coffee or breakfast and you know the second cup of coffee or third or fourth for me. But you know like that you want you want the newspaper and you want to know what's going on and you you want to feel like you want to feel some ownership in that in that product and um, you know. So the industry has been talking for 15 or 20 years, print is going to go away, print is going to go away. And it has in some places, but it hasn't in a lot of places too. And I think because people see the value and really do want to have and hold, you know, that publication. And so, um, you know, our job as, as, you know, local news and as journalists and editors and reporters, photographers is to, you know, fight in our, in our, you know, pockets of wherever we might be in this country, you you have a responsibility uh, to serve your readers, and um, it is it's. I'm always um, it's always really touched. You know, when I get to you know get calls from you know folks who have been reading this newspaper for 30, 40, 50 years, and and I've had some of those folks call me on the phone, and to know that that they rely on you and your newspaper to help them understand and learn about what's happening in community. Uh, there's, it, it, it touches me every time because it is, you're, you're part of their life. They, they look to you, you know, some of them, uh, you know, I've had people, you know, wow, I'm talking to the editor. Well, come on. You know, I'm, I just, I live here with you this is my job. I, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, this is not, you know, uh, I could run into you at the store. I'm going to talk to you there too. You know, it, it's, uh, it is about service and, and we have a real responsibility to serve in our communities. That's such a nice thing to hear. You're service oriented. Um, you know, your, your, your servant attitude, that's, you know, I've been to a lot of leadership academies and programs and stuff, and they're always talking about servant leadership. Um, it's just nice to hear it from another quarter and to hear that that's how you approach your job and your responsibilities to the community. Um, I hope it's not, but it feels like it's a rarity anymore. <laughs> hmm. You 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 have to know people to be able to serve people too, you know, and, and so you've got to get out and, and I'm sure both of you do the same thing. I mean, how, how are you going to, you know, help people, you know, understand the the things that are happening if, if you don't know them yourself and you've got to get out there and talk to people. And, and, and I've said that before, you know, as uh, you get, you know, going around and, and, you know, this community has been uh, wonderfully welcoming and, you know, I've been invited to come in and, and, you know, speak, uh, to to several different groups and and you know have another one tomorrow and I've you know been on the radio and and gotten in front of you know the city and the hospital and in front of some industry and a lot of people and and uh, you know and I say I say that same thing I I can't I can't serve in the way that I feel like I need to if if I don't if I'm not out here talking to people and and meeting people and and helping them to 
um, you know, see see me and understand what what we're what we're all about and and the things that we want to do. And um, and I just like going to meeting people too. You know, uh, that's 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 part of it. You know, we're all we're all you know living here trying to do the best that we can. And you know, if we can help each other along the way, we should. Well, and it, as you're saying all this, this reminds me of my high school um, English teacher, you know, write to your audience and write to what they want to to listen to and what they want to hear. Um, and it's for me, it's really cool to hear it in action, you know, and it's it's getting out and knowing firsthand who your audience is, because um, like at the national level, you know, you, on the extremes, you listen to Fox and you listen to CNN or and and they know their audience. They know it's the right wing or it's a left wing, and they're trying to target that in their own own way. And you get you get bombarded. But when you can take off that noise lid and that extremism lid and dive into what what the community is and 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 getting that hands on you know experience um, and then providing that back, I think is for me is really refreshing to hear and you know, how, how do we keep this energy going too? Because you get, you get stagnant or stale sometimes um, and feel like you're beating your head against the wall with these big, bigger news organizations Mm -hmm. too. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, a lot of what you hear from cable news, especially is a lot of opinion. You know, they have the round table of seven or eight people that are going to talk about the same thing and rehash the same points over and over again. And sometimes they're going to yell at each other and they're going to carry on. And, you know, and and yes, there is there is news sprinkled in amid the, you know, the conversation or the argument. Uh, but the news is is not at the forefront of that. It becomes, you know. An, an argument or an opinion and, and how much are you as, as a viewer really learning and take, or what are you taking away from that conversation? And sometimes it's not the news of what's going on. It's, you feel like you're, you know, watching a reality TV show and you're, you're rooting for your favorite character. You know, it's like a pro wrestling match, you know, and, uh, and that's not necessarily the way that it should be, you know, and, and, and it's a, uh, it's harder to find, you know, what, what the truth is in there, you know, what is, what really is the news. Um, and, and, and it is a struggle because that, that noise does, you know, infiltrate all, all parts of the country and it becomes part of how people think about particular issues or, or certain people, um, you know, based on, you know, one singular thing. And, you know, oftentimes there's a lot more layers to it than that. And so, you know, certainly again, at the local level, you know, we should, we should be trying to cut through that and help people understand how these issues uh, (laughs) may or may not affect your way of life in your own community. And I, you know, I, especially through COVID, you know, you hear a lot of people and I was the same one, like, we've just got to turn off the news. We've got to quit watching the news and mm-hmm. start living our own lives and plugging. I think, <clears throat> you know, just reminding ourselves to plug into our local news where there is hopefully um, positivity and, you know, like sports games that are going on and events and happenings that are, that are positive and 
and soul filling rather than just draining. You know, you turn on at least what during COVID, I remember turning on the news and getting done 30 minutes later and just being mentally and physically drained, like just and frustrated yep. and trying mm-hmm. to re rebrand the news section so that people want to tune into to it for positive things too. Right. And, and I think a lot of people felt that very same way. And <laughs> honestly, there, uh, there were people where we worked at USA today who felt that same way. It, it, it is exhausting to, to work under those circumstances, reporting that type of news. Um, and in a lot of places where you're just, you know, trapped in your own, you know, home or apartment or wherever that might be, it was, it was very difficult. And every time you turned around, it was, you know, some other, you know, scary story to read, some other reason to be fearful of something. Um, and, and I think a lot of people said, you know, okay, I'm, I don't, I don't want to read this anymore. I'm, I'm done with this. Um, and, and I can understand, I mean, I, I do, you know, I mean, you have a responsibility in, in journalism to report the news and the news isn't always, you know, pleasant to read. Um, but at the same time, um, it can't be all that. And, um, you know, when you're, when you're working locally, you do have an opportunity to do some of the things that, you, you, you know, spotlighting a local business or writing a, a, a cool feature on, you know, a high school basketball player or, you know, writing, writing something that, I mean, we, we have a story in, in our paper this morning on uh, it's national popcorn day. So if you're listening, you know, if you're listening right now and, you know, you, it, it's still, it's still the, the right day, I mean, go get some popcorn and enjoy, but, you know, we wrote this and it's just a fun story, but we have, you know, the local theaters are doing popcorn giveaways and the story was, it was fun and, and it was timely and there was some education in there. I mean, there's different varieties of popcorn. I had no idea. I just figured <laughs> popcorn, popcorn, but no, there are multiple varieties of popcorn and some theaters prefer, you know, the, the butterfly version and some prefer the mushroom version because they pop differently. Who would have known? But like just those fun kind of things that you can do in news, you know, and it was it was just a, a neat little story that was, you know, inside of our our, our paper today. But uh, you can you can do those kinds of things that, that give people a break from just the, you know, the economy and COVID and, you know, all of these other things that pile up and the latest disaster, or this, this hurricane or mudslides here, or, you know, you, you, you got to be able to take a step back from that sometimes and just, you know, give people a, you know, counter programming, if you want to call it that, but something that's not, you know, hitting them over the head because that, you know, how many times do you want to be hit over the head every day? Well, and there's so many opportunities to get hit over the head every day. I mean, there's there's your email and there's text messages and there's work and there's family and there's all the things that go on. And then, you know, of course, there's all the news that we take in every day from all of the different platforms. And um, I really like that counter-programming kind of an idea. Just give somebody something lighthearted, you know, learn different varieties of popcorn. That's totally cool. I love that put that in the uh, trivial knowledge bucket in your head. That's so cool. And I would imagine too, you know, trying not to exhaust your listener or your, your readership, um, and hopefully keep them coming back so that you do, you know, that you do have that kind of a break for them. But I would imagine too, as a journalist, um, 
that would probably help you keep your sanity. Mm-hmm. And, and that's true. And, and it would, it, I think it's been very difficult in the industry and, you know, working in a national space as I did, you know, through, through COVID. And, and I know people who work at other, you know, national outlets and certainly my own experience at USA Today and working with, you know, with our teams there, um, is very, very difficult. You know, the, you're, you're contending with the very same things that you're tasked to write about or to edit. You know, you're, you're dealing with COVID, your child is home, you know, from school and trying to learn online, your, your husband or wife is sick, and then you get sick and, you know, you're, de- you, and, and, and then you're, you still have, you know, your responsibility of, of, of trying to tell that story to an audience um, that became very difficult. Um, the, you know, the, the frequency at which, you know, at times we see these, you know, mass shooting events. And when you start seeing them happen, you know, in, in quick succession, especially um, to, to go to a reporter multiple times and ask to write a victim story. Um, that, that's a lot to, it's a lot to take in. Uh, you know, we're, we're human just like everybody else. Um, you know, the, and, and, that is, I mean, we had reporters who just said, I, I, I can't do another one of those stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to start thinking about, you know, the mental health and the giving people that break that we were talking about that, you know, if, if we've got to do this story, we are going to need to look somewhere else. We're going to need to be a little more creative about how we're, how we might do some of that, that reporting if we need to, or do we, do we need to, uh, in some cases, and that those are hard decisions to make, but, uh, trying to take care of people, uh, because it is, it's, uh, that weighs on everybody. And I, and I, I'm sure there are people out there who think, oh, the, you know, journalists just love all this, you know, they love to, you know, write all this bad news and, you know, the, and that's, that certainly was not my experience. I mean, we are, uh, you know, we feel the, the, the same way other people feel and, and it's, it's very, very difficult. And, um, you know, I, um, I'm glad that we were able as a, as a news organization to recognize that and to take steps to try to take care of, of our people. Um, cause again, I mean, I think I said it earlier when we've got to, we've got to be nice to each other when we can. And I have, Thank you for opening the TP a little bit and letting us peek into what it's truly like in the newsroom, you know, because I think just like you said, people think that um, you're not human, essentially, or you're just this bot writing these clickbait things, trying to get more likes. And I appreciate, I appreciate that because I think that's something in the country right now we are, um, losing is that personal bull relation because we can hide behind a screen or we can mm-hmm. um we just put one name to one article and boom you know we're one organization and so just reminding us that everybody's human um i think is is very important and and i appreciate seeing all aspects of that as well no and thank you i, I mean i appreciate that too and you know i i think in our industry 
you know, there are, there are people, there's been that attitude among some of, you know, you, you just kind of the media, quote unquote, you just lump everybody together and they're all the media, whatever that means. Um, and I can tell you what we do in local news is considerably different than what we do at national news, um, considerably different. And, you know, local news is, is, you know, generally not interested in gotcha showing up at somewhere, trying to ambush somebody with a video camera. That's what, that's what, that's what they do on TV. Uh, and, you know, that doesn't mean we're not going to hold local organizations and governments accountable. That is part of our responsibility, uh, as, as journalists. But, you know, like I said earlier, we, we live here too. We want the best for our communities, uh, what happens at the school district impacts us because we have kids going to school here. You know, what the roads look like impact us because we're driving on them just like you are. Um, you know, we're, we're here, uh, like all of you, doing a job that we believe in. And it's not, you know, we're, we're not, you know, leaving in a couple of days to go somewhere else and write another story. We're here and that our job is to work here and, and, and serve here and live in these communities and, and, and look for ways to make them the best possible versions of themselves. And so, um, there is a, a difference. It just, again, that, that gets lost in translation and gets lost in that, you know, bucket of the media. Well, yeah, no, I totally agree. And um, in the interest of time, and we so, so appreciate you, Steve, coming on and joining us um, today, and we'll air this episode fairly quickly. Um, but where can our listeners find you? Um, and where can they find the Times News too? give give the Times News a little bit of a plug as well? Thank you very much. We're, we're online at magicvalley.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Scoop Skiggy. Um, long time names fun. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter and I'm, and I'm right there. And, and, uh, I appreciate the opportunity to visit with both of you and, and just encourage your listeners to reach out to their local media and, and give them an opportunity to, um, you know, amplify your voices and the work that you're doing, because it is critically important to wherever it is that you live in this country. Very good. Well, thank you again, Steve. And we thank you listeners for tuning into this week's episode of the Millennial Ag Podcast. Um, feel free to reach out to us. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or you can email us at talktous at millennialag.com. Until next week, we are Millennial Ag. <laughs>